0: I was sharing in a Sunday school, I will just go behind the line, uh, that uh, I am not a typical missionary because when I was uh, always hearing when I was growing up about missionaries, my my picture was that missionary goes to meet the lions and to hunt the zebras and giraffes and, and uh, kind of completely in some abundant place to share the Jesus to the people who never heard about it. So for me, going to back to Czech Republic and calling myself missionary, that's my home, uh, was a little awkward. And uh, I mentioned that in a Sunday school, and, and uh, I was also, uh, I was later asked, how did I then decide to be a missionary when it was awkward? Uh, so I was just shortly, because I think I already mentioned it here, uh, there was many ways, one of them was I met my wife, uh, Julie, so basically we were planning to go back to Czech Republic. I was originally thinking I would be a high school teacher teaching history and geography, that's what I studied for in Czech Republic. Uh, but then we decided, since I got the opportunity uh, by God to study at Moody, at the graduate school in Chicago, uh, that we could be missionaries, that was uh, kind of a suggestion. And uh, God spoke to me in many ways, uh, and one of them was through the school. Uh, Those are just pictures, if you want to run through that I use group activities. Uh, uh, I got a task in one class about New Testament. I I was, uh, the task was to write papers. In a a Czech schools, that's interesting, they usually don't ask you much during the year, but at the end of the school year, you have the major exam. Basically, the teacher and you, you sit for 15 minutes, half an hour, sometimes longer, and you are talking with the professor, and he's asking you all different questions from those books you have to read, and you have to know the answers. In, at Moody, they kept you busy all the time. You have to write papers about every book you wrote. You have to write three-page paper. Then you have mainly main paper, 15, 20 pages. So you are busy all the time. So one of the papers was uh, about parables. So I wrote a parable and it was about prodigal son. And that was the time I was already thinking becoming a missionary and uh, uh, God spoke to me because I always prodigal son for me was the message about a prodigal son who just went away. Uh, from his father, took the inheritance, wasted it, and then found himself lost, abandoned, hungry, and decided to repent and come back to the father. Uh, That's a half a page. I was asked to write 20 pages or 15, I don't remember. So I went to the library and started reading books and whatever was written about it. And I find out that uh, generally, every parable has one main point. But the bigger parables could have more points based on how how many there are main characters in the parable. So that was encouraging. So I find out that I have three main characters in a parable, which was the father and those two brothers. So about the younger brother, that was clear that basically he was lost, but he could repent and come back to God, so basically, even when you are lost in your sin, you can always repent and come back about the father that was easy too that 's basically a picture of God showing that God is always willing to forgive sinner who is coming in repentance, who is acknowledging his need of him. but then there was the older brother, and I never heard much about him, and so I started looking through it, and I uh, found out that uh, the parable about the prodigal son is not the only parable in the uh, chapter. There are actually two parables before that. Parable about lost sheep and lost coin. And they are all about the same. Jesus is uh, meeting sinners, uh, teaching them, and the scribes and lo- the religious people of, of Israel are complaining why he is wasting his time with this kind of people. Why is he not teaching them? Those Priests and lawyers uh, of the scribes and all that. And he says three parables, and they are all about the same. They are about something gets lost, sheep, coin, son. Somebody's looking for it, usually the owner. Shepherd is looking for the sheep. The lady which lost the coin, she's looking for the coin. Nobody is looking for the son. Then when they found what was lost, they usually are happy and they have a party. So when the sheep is found, they they celebrate. Uh, When the coin is found, she calls all the neighbors and says, rejoice, I found the coin. When the son comes back, there is a fun too. The father throws the party. But there is a spoiler, that's the older brother. And I basically, from looking through that, I found out that the older brother points to the scribes and Pharisees, that Jesus was showing them that they are the spoilers of the party. When the younger brother got lost, nobody was looking for him. But who should have been looking for him? the older brother, when the sinners of Israel were lost, the religious people who knew God should have gone after them and found them and bring them back to God, they didn't. So Jesus came, He he's bringing back all those lost people on those edges of the Israel, and the religious people, instead of rejoicing, are actually complaining, like in a, like the older brother. And God spoke through that to me and basically I understood that basically I am one of the Czech people and I am responsible for them. I need to go and seek after them. So they are not lost in the sense that they were Jewish and now they are not Jew, kind of not following God but they are lost because they don't know God. They don't know the gospel and I, God offered me to study at Moody and to grow up in a Christian family and then God wants me back so I can tell them about, about him and bring them back. So there was one the uh, uh, way God spoke to me about, about it. So that's the answer to the question. <laughs> I, just, I just got a little longer. Uh, and uh, last time, I believe, when I was here, I was read, uh, opening book of uh, Revelation, because we were studying book of Revelation in our church. And uh, uh, we spent uh, well, probably good half a year studying it, But really interesting and well-known are the churches, uh, the letters to the churches at the beginning, that's chapter two and three. Uh, And I was making comparison between between Czech Republic and Church of Ephesus. You remember? It was four years ago. (laughs) I'm just checking you. (laughs) I always ask when I'm preaching this Sunday, what I preached the previous Sunday, nobody ever knows, so four years. (laughs) But, the comparison was, I mean, the Church of Ephesus was a very important church. It was huge, one of the biggest cities in the Roman Empire. And it was an important place because not only Paul spent there most, uh, the longest time he ever spent in any other place, he spent there like three years, but it wasn't just a Paul. There was Apollo before that, Priscilla and Aquila showed up there. There was Timothy, to whom is written a letter Timothy when he's in Ephesus. Uh... uh And Apostle John was there, because uh, when he was writing the uh, Revelation, he was just across the sea a little bit on the island of Patmos, which is not far from Ephesus. It has a strong, big history. And uh, it was also a church which was very faithful, which was fervent, lots of activities happening. It was uh, theologically strong, like, staying faithful and willing to suffer for Jesus. But there was one thing, like with the other churches, it wasn't just Church of Ephesus, one thing which was missing. Do you remember which it was in the Church of Ephesus? They lost or abandoned uh, the first love. and uh, I was thinking about it because that's something important <laughs> like, when you are missing, missing love because we should, as Christian, be known by love. And uh, I was trying to figure out what it means. And most of the time what I heard, what I was even reading, was uh, that we should be having the love which we had at first when we met Jesus. How we were passionate and excited and it was like all for him And and we just felt different, we were changed, and we couldn't stop speaking about him. But then I was flying here, uh, over the ocean, those four years ago, and I was watching movies. I mean, finally our kids fell asleep or something happened. So you don't see much on those screens, so I was mainly listening. And I was watching a movie uh, called gods and, and I forgot, angels, no angels, gods and kings. Gods and kings, that was about a pharaoh and and, uh, Moses uh, taking the uh, people of Israel from Egypt. And uh, I'm not trying to preach the Hollywood theology, but what was interesting was one of the moments when a a pharaoh cannot sleep, lying next to his wife. So he finally stands up and walks to his son's crib this little boy laying there, that's the son who eventually dies because of the pharaoh's stubbornness. And he's already having argument with Moses about letting people go or not letting people go. And he comes to the boy and says, I know why you sleep so well, because you are loved. And at that moment it kind of clicked my head and I understood that the first laugh is not my laugh, For Jesus or for God. The first love we learn from the Bible is God's love towards us. And that's actually what John is writing in his first letter of John all over again. And he's actually specifically, specifically saying in first John uh, chapter four, that love is this in verse ten Uh, first John uh, fourth chapter verse 10 love is this not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son to be our Savior and then at the end of the chapter verse 19 says we love because he first loved us and I think that's really important because when you forget the first love when you lose understanding who loved first and you make your love, which is secondary love, because we love because God loved us first. The first love, it all changes, because then we want to prove ourselves. Then we are working and doing many things which the Church of Ephesus was doing to uh, impress God, to gain His favor, to gain His blessings, to, to do what is right. But when God's love is first, you can rest and All what you do is reflection of what you experience. What you received, you are giving out, you are living out, you are a free person. And also, not only it changes the motives and the power from which you live, but it also changes the focus. Now it's not about you. Because if you read read the uh, the letter to Ephesus and you understand that you lost your first love for Jesus, what you are trying to do, you are trying to get it back. So you try to sing louder at worship or you just try to, I don't know, join some conference to get the energy back. And it's all about focusing on you how to be loving again and living the romantic love for Jesus again, which you had 20, 15 uh, 15 years ago. When it's about God's love, it's not about you. The focus is now on him, who he is, what he did, how great he is, not how I improved and how I'm doing better and if I spend five or 15 or 20 minutes in the morning reading Bible. It, it just shifts the attention. And that really helped me because uh, we were studying a book of uh, Hebrews last time. That was four years ago, I was just you probably remember I was speaking about it. But now we were studying the book of uh, Hebrews, and that's kind of a heavy book. And when I was reading the introductions to different uh, commentaries, they were saying they were trying to avoid the book, and it's really challenging book. and Because it has a chapters which kind of question our faith, and our destiny, and our relationship with God, and the people take, make different takes on it. And, and it, it's difficult, so I am not getting into it. but. Knowing that our focus shouldn't be on ourselves, but on Jesus really helps. Because the book of Hebrew is not at all about us. It's all about Jesus. And from the first chapter, he's just saying that Jesus is better than anything. Jesus is better than angels, better than Moses, because the angels are just servants, like Moses was servant in a house. But Jesus is the Lord. He is the Son of God. And Moses and angels were the ones through whom God gave, or the angels, uh, Jews believe, through, through whom God gave the law. But we have better covenant than the old covenant. So it's all comparing and the priests and Jesus is the highest priest. is much better than the Levite priests and then the Aaron and all those Old Testament heroes. He is much better. He is better than the latest video game. He is better than the greatest vacation on some cruise. He is better than the dream job you can ever get. He is better. And for in the book of Hebrew, the idea is, he is better than the old religion you grew up with. And it was the religion where it was all focused on you, the Jews, were obeying the law and improving themselves, trying to live in a way which would please God. But it was all focused on them. And the book of Hebrew says the chapter 12, important verse, which we really need to always remember, even when we are not reading the book of Hebrew, it says, that we have endurance uh, run the race that lies before us. Verse 2, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that lay before him endured a cross and despised the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God's throne. So our focus should forever be on Jesus. What he did, who he is, even for us, he is the perfecter of our faith. We always try to perfect our faith. But if we want to do that, let's look at Jesus because he is the one. We are forgiven in him. Our sins are thrown away, will never be remembered we are his sons not based what we did but what jesus did we are part of the church family we are having all the new covenant it's it's not about uh, us improving ourselves from outside but what is god doing what jeremiah is saying uh, through us through his holy spirit and his power Uh, and it finishes uh, the uh, hebrews uh, finishing the verse uh, chapter 13 uh, verse 20 now may the God of peace, who brought up from the uh, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the Great Shepherd of the sheep, with the blood of the everlasting covenant, equip you with all that is good to do His will, working in us what is pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ. To whom be glory forever and ever. Okay, you can read it in your English. I'm reading my English. <coughs> I'm kind of broken, but the whole idea is. About him. We should focus on him, what he did. And he is working in us, what is pleasing God. So if we lose understanding that our focus should be on Jesus, and then we are loved by God first before we changed when we were still sinners he loved us. So it's not about us getting good enough to please God and to deserve some blessings. It's about what Jesus did and what all we have in him, and that what we have in him, and who he is, is much better than the world can offer. And that's what we are trying to tell people, because people in Czech Republic right now are experiencing great uh, blessings of God. Basically, the economy is growing. We are one of the fastest growing economies in in Europe. Everybody is getting richer. People have lots of of money. Some people have lots of money. They are spending vacations in different places, building houses, having big gardens. Uh, buying new cars or or different uh, toys they they need. My neighbors, one year bought a gun, another year they bought a motorcycle, they even make a drive license, because for the bigger motorbikes in Czech Republic you have different drive license. So they are doing all these things, and they are preoccupied with it, and it's really hard to reach them with the message of good news. It's even hard to meet them, because they are all over the place in the garden doing doing their things. So you can pray, because, Having all these things is kind of deafening the crying of their heart that it's empty, and all these things cannot fulfill it. It's all less what, than what they were for, made for. They are they were made for the relationship with God, to know Jesus, and this is just kind of filling the gaps uh, temporarily. So, if you would pray, pray for uh, for, the, for us for the opportunity to see where there is a need because people struggle. One of the neighbors almost lost the house because of the uh, man was gambling. Uh, other people just get divorced because of different tensions they have, and uh, they have struggles with kids. So, we just need to be sensitive and be able to come along to them and show them that Jesus cares, that He is there for them. That those things we just passed away, but he will be always faithful and standing there for them. And uh, uh, Paul was writing to the church of Ephesus as well. That's unique about the church as well of Ephesus because they received the most letters ever. They received the letter in Revelation directly from Jesus, but they also received a letter from Paul to Ephesus. Then the... Letters to Timothy were written to Timothy when he was in Ephesus. Who knows who was reading first the first and second John and the other letters. And when Paul was writing to the uh, church of Ephesus, he mentioned a special prayer. He is saying uh, in chapter three, verse uh, 17, I pray that you being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length, high and depth, and know the Messiah's love, so not our first love, but Jesus' love that surpasses knowledge so you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So if we know the love we are loved by, the love of God and Jesus towards us, then we are filled with all what we need to live lives which glorify God. And uh, from the letter of Hebrew, and I will finish with that because it's 11 or something, but uh, I always was thinking there is this golden rule that uh, we should love others as we love ourselves. And Jesus basically quoted that. He said, love God, what are the highest uh, commandment? Uh, Love God from all your heart and all your strength and all your mind and uh, what you have. And love your neighbor as yourself. But that's Old Testament. He was quoting Old Testament. The New Testament love is different. The New Testament love is not defined by us. Because some people don't love themselves well. Then there are some I was even reading some theological book which was saying that we need to first start loving ourselves to be able to love others. That's interesting theology. That's narcissism, basically. But he's just saying it here in chapter five. Uh, Paul in to Ephesus, because he's concerned about their, uh, following Jesus. Therefore, be imitators of God as dearly loved children. So it starts with, you are being loved by God. And walk in love as the Messiah also loved us and gave himself for us, a sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. So we are not going to love others like we are ourselves, but we are supposed to love others as we received the love from God through Jesus Christ. So we're supposed to love others sacrificially, as God loved us through Jesus Christ. That's different love than love for ours. That's the New Testament love. Because we are loved by God, we were loved sacrificially, God died for, Jesus died for us when we were still sinners, and now we are sharing the same love we experienced towards the people who are lost without him. And that's what we are called to do in Czech Republic, and that's what we are called to do here in your neighborhood neighborhood and in United States. So thank you, thank you for praying for us, supporting us and just staying on our side for so many years and uh, there is my wife and she can speak more clearly, understandably English. So if you have any questions, you can always ask her more. So thank you.